0: Five. four three two one Do we have any goals this season? Absolutely. We're going to win a lot of games. We're going to get in the playoffs. Touchdown Bears! The Bears are what we thought they were. Go Bears! It's time for the Bears Nation podcast with your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. Get ready for a lot of fun and excitement. I know you're going to dig this. It's Bears Nation, baby. To the Batmobile. Let's go.
1: All right, Bears Nation podcast, myself, Kevin Lapkin. No, that's not Jacobson. You can all see that, but it is a man with a beard, and it is Mike Hughes. My guy, Mike Hughes. The absolute man, the myth, the legend in Chicago sports media, Chicago Sky reporter, Bears. Uh, and now you're a Cubs reporter. Let's let's get that in the mix now. Yeah, 2024, going to be on that Cubs beat. Uh, huge Bears guy. You can follow him on all the platforms, but he is my guy, and he's never been on before. So we're really, really excited to have him join us here at Bears Nation Podcast, and especially because... It is a uh, it's a fun episode today, I think. We're coming off a win, and it's not a great win, but it is a win. Uh, a rarity here in the Bears franchise and a rarity here on Bears Nation Podcast. But we're also talking a lot of Justin Fields, a lot of 2024 QB1. We know that's the hot topic nationally and in the Chicago media market. So uh, we're going to do it here at Bears Nation Podcast. But Mike, pleasure to have you on, my guy. How we feeling?
0: Man, what's up, champ? How we feeling, bro? What up, champ? How, yes, how sir. Feel? Show him the shirt, Kev. Show him the shirt. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, feeling good, you know, coming off a victory. Didn't even have to play the semi-championship. We just went out there. We just balled out. People didn't want to play us, bro. We had we had a blast. Got the, got the honor with my guy, Kevin Lafferty to win our first championship together. You know, we're, we're doing it, baby. We're doing it. I, I, I'm i happy to be here, you know, three years in the making. I've been trying to get on Bears Nation podcast. Uh-huh. And, you know, hey, on a, on a victory, very rare, very rare. So I'll take it.
1: Yeah, very rare. Yeah, that, that's the thing, man. We've only had, uh, what, seven of these in the past two years. So for you to be on here after a victory is a, is a very special moment. And what Mike's referencing is he plays in my flag football league uh, on Lakeshore Drive that we play on Tuesdays. And we got that dub without a doubt. We got that dub. Uh, so that was that was a ton of fun. Uh, but Let's get into it, Mike. Let's get into it. All right. So the Bears win twelve to ten. I know we're recording this on Thursday, and for the people that hop in the chat, the people listening on podcast form, I know we're a little late on it. Jake's in Hawaii, so uh, and I had some things going on this week, like flag football championship. So uh, we are doing it here on Thursday, and with the bye week, you got a lot of time to consume this content. We have no preview for you this week because again, the Bears are on bye. So we're going to kind of recap what happened on Monday night and talk a lot of you know general things that are kind of evergreen and uh, not time sensitive for you guys that you can listen to for the next ten days. So uh, let's go to the Bears winning this game twelve to ten. And to me, Mike, the reaction to the game from a lot of people has been, let's just put it in my words, frustrating. OK, and let's start with the aspect of Justin Field because he plays a game in which the first drive is exactly what we wanted to see, right? Moving the ball down the field, the designed, uh, uh, you know, rollouts, what was perfect for mm-hmm. Luke gets. we like, okay, this is sort of a branch off from what we saw against the Detroit Lions, right? They did a lot of good things, and they went away from it in the fourth quarter. Um, They got complacent, whatever. But we thought that, hey, maybe what they did in the first, you know, 56 minutes against the Lions was what we'd see for the rest of the year and sort of unlock Justin Fields. And we saw that in the first drive. And then once again, Luke gets, he goes away from it after those first, you know, 10 to 15 scripted plays of the game, goes away from it and lateral throws, horizontal throws, right? 11 throws behind or at the line of scrimmage, which is an absurd number for a player like Justin Fields. But throughout everything, through the two fumbles, he goes out there, he leads a game winning drive, he gets a W. And for the past few months, Mike, in the past few years, the story and the narrative of Justin Fields' career was, hey, this guy has all the tools and the traits and the ceiling to be a top 10 quarterback, top 7 quarterback in the league, but guess what? He doesn't win the biggest moments. He can't win you football games. So you know what he does? He goes out there, he makes mistakes, but he wins you a football game. And he does exactly what everyone was asking for. And there's reason to be critical for the fumbles. There's reasons to be critical for other aspects of his game on Monday night, but he did exactly the main thing that he has been missing throughout his entire career. And people are still finding a way to be critical. So I'll ask you, Mike, I'll put it this way. Are you satisfied? Are you satisfied from what we saw on Monday night with the Chicago Bears and with Justin Fields? I know it was ugly. I know it wasn't exactly what we wanted to see, but it is a win. And the whole case for Tyson Bajan for four weeks was, well, he throws turnovers. He's making mistakes. And I know the standard's different for him, but He's winning. That should be applied to Justin Fields, in my opinion. And in this game, were you satisfied with what you saw on Monday night?
0: Well, you know, I wasn't the biggest Tyson Bajan supporter. And uh, I, I absolutely was 100% on the field. Let me stop capping. Let me stop capping. Um, that was for Kev. That was for Kev because I was, I was a little too in on Bajan. But um, with that being said, though, I'm actually in the minority, I feel like. I felt like this game... Overexceeded expectations, in my opinion, from what I was looking for. Because you and I have talked about this- over
1: Overexceeded.
0: Times. Over-exceeded. All right, I mean, why? I absolutely loved what we saw. Because here's the thing. Me and you have talked about this in person. Me and you have talked about this on different platforms. I'm done with Luke Getze. Nothing Justin Fields is going to show me is going to change how I already feel about Justin Fields and the success I think he can have as a quarterback. DJ Moore is DJ Moore. Cole Komet, arguably, has been a top five- tight end all season long, if you look at certain statistics, um I'm not a big you know statistic guy in certain places, but I will say he's been very productive, and you know there's a couple other guys on this team I think we can really evaluate and say had a solid season. Uh, as far as the offense, I don't I don't think anything of Luke Etsy. I don't go into this week expecting this or expecting that because I never know what I'm going to get. You know, you think this is a video game. You think this is Madden to where, you know, if I just have him throw 27 screen passes, Kevin, and he has 27 for 37, he's going to get three extra character points and I can level him up to an 81. That's not how this works, bro. Like you're not developing this kid. I don't care what the stats say. So what I think it over exceeded expectations was Josh Dobbs, the level of play going into this game was a pro bowl level season from him, both at Arizona and in Minnesota. I mean, you look at the numbers. I mean, he's been absolutely phenomenal. And when you go in there and you have this man, which by the way, I loved when he flexed the touchdown, the to TJ Hawkinson, like he didn't throw four picks all night, yeah, but to get four picks on him, two sacks between him and Montez sweat and Jaquan brisker. um, Obviously Jalen Johnson being that narrative, you and I talked about it the other night, you know, batting multiple balls and leading guys like TJ Edwards to get interceptions. I mean, that's exactly what you want to see another potential pick six that we didn't get to see, but I don't care. You know what I mean? Like his presence is felt and I'm loving what we're seeing right now from a Matt Eberflus defense that I've questioned throughout the last two years. Because I questioned, hey, man, who is Allen Williams? You know what I mean? Why are you not calling plays? And then he starts calling plays. We're not really seeing anything. Now you trade for Montez Sweat. The entire package is there. Now we can start blitzing. Now we can start doing other things. Now Yannick looks like he's being a big factor. And I loved what we saw from that, bro. And, and I, it really exceeded expectations to me because we have eight turnovers in the last two games against yep. Jared Goff and now Josh Dobbs. Those, these are two solid offenses. I'm not going to lie. Like, we we love Ben Johnson. And we cooked Ben Johnson, let's be real. And when you look at that conversation about how successful Josh Dobbs has been, mind you, if it would happen two days after Justin Justin Jefferson gets cleared from the IR, you know, it, it probably a different outcome. But I still think at the end of the day, it was a great game for, for me. And, you know, I'm a defensive guy, so I had a great sure. time.
1: I mean, yeah, like if you look at it from that aspect, and that's the annoying thing I think around the narrative about this game is just – It's all acknowledging Justin Fields. It's all acknowledging the offense. And people are kind of putting to the side the fact that the Bears defense here has the past two games and has the potential to the rest of the year keep you in football games. Like you look at the remaining five games on the schedule and we'll get to this a little bit later. But obviously I joke around about, you know, running the table and I joke around about, hey, can they be playing meaningful games in December when they're six and eight? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, is that possible? And, And I think it is because of the way the defense has played. When you look at the final five games of the season, the Detroit Lions come to town next week. You play the Cleveland Browns, who at this moment, this week, are starting Joe Flacco. And that probably won't be the case for the following week um, when they, like DTR, I think, has a concussion. So he'll probably be back. Then you have the, uh, the Cardinals and the Rams, or not the Rams, the Falcons. So two offenses that have struggled to find anything. And then the Packers, a redemption spot for you at the end of the year. There's no... Team, I look at and those next five games because the Bears were able to neutralize the Detroit Lions. And I think they kind of like, I think they kind of figured out the Detroit Lions a little bit. I think, so. I think people are going to go back to the Bears game against the Lions. And I think that's what the Packers did when they game planned for them on Thursday night, uh, on Thursday for Thanksgiving. Mm. The Bears, I think, figured them out. And people are going to go back to that Bears game plan and use that against the D- Detroit Lions the rest of the year. So this Bears defense, Mike, has turned into a defense that is top 10, in my opinion, without a doubt and is going to have the ability to keep you in games the rest of the year. Right. So I think it's going to obviously come down to offense for the following five games because you know that, hey, the defense isn't going to let you down because for the entirety of Justin Fields' career, he's had games where he's putting up 30 points. He's had games where he's you know playing at the pinnacle of his career, and he's getting let down by a defense that's allowing 26, 27 points per game. That's mm-hmm. not the case anymore. You now have a defense that's holding the opponent to other under twenty points for a majority of the game consistently. Can you now, and that's the offense, and not Justin Fields, uh, that goes down to you know Luke Getzey and Matt Eberflus, who's you know making the final decision on those play calls. Can you get to a point where you are relentless on offense? You're not complacent because they, unfortunately, like have turned to this mindset, and we saw this a lot in 2018, and you see it a lot with the decision making that they make inside the red zone, especially in that Detroit game. Hey, we know our defense is at a top 10 level right now. We know our defense is balling. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to get a little complacent. We're going to kick the field goal because we have trust in our defense to hold the opposing offense to a field goal or less than that or a takeaway or not score a touchdown. And that puts you in dangerous situations. It puts you in dangerous situations against Detroit. It puts you in dangerous situations against Minnesota. And they weren't in a position where there was any crucial field goals in the red zone. I wasn't really too critical of the field goals they made. The Bears just weren't productive in the red zone. But if you're continually settling for field goals and having to put faith in your defense at some point against talented offenses around the league, they're going to figure it out. So – this Bears offense in the next five games has to, has to, has to continue to be aggressive and has to throw the ball down the field and take advantage of the defense that they have on offense and put trust in Justin Fields' arm and put trust in one of the best assets he has. But nonetheless, the defense is playing at a top 10 level, is nearing a top five level in my opinion, especially if they continue the way they've been going with the takeaways. Um, it's now down to the offense to stay aggressive and, 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 you know, put a little help and get a little help to that defense.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. And I don't think we're not going to sit up here today and sell you that we are the 2022 Detroit Lions to where we potentially the final game of the year, oddly enough, again, against the Green Bay Packers could potentially be a playoff type atmosphere, could potentially be a playoff game. But it is in the as of today, it is in the realm of possibility that going into that game, the Bears are eight and eight. And could potentially host a wild card. And that's just real. And that's really what it is. And is it going to happen, Kevin, after the season we've had so far? I'm not going to sit up here and sell anybody that. But, you know, that understanding that me and you can even have this conversation somewhat confidently right now is a positive because we have had this conversation all year long about just having consistency, going into a game and saying, maybe we can maybe we could win this game. You know what I mean? It's not like me right. and you on Instagram before the pregame where half of what we're saying we, we don't believe in, the other half we fully do. You know what I mean? Like this is genuinely looking at it and saying, okay, well, we've seen the blueprint and we've seen what we're able to do. And you talked about 2018. I want to take it back to that. Nobody could figure out the Rams until Vic Fangio went in there and we figured them out. And that was really what it came down to. And, again, that was against Jared Goff yet again. So I think it's more of a Jared Goff thing than it is anything else. But I, I love the scheme. I love I love the setup and the play designs of Ben Johnson in that game. But I just think Jared Goff just got exposed in certain situations. And Jalen Johnson was just eating it. But, you know, I, I think there's a lot of different ways it can go. And you mentioned it. I mean, I, you know, we're looking at Kyler Murray. We're looking at Jared Goff. We're looking at Jordan Love. I don't even know who's starting at quarterback right now. ATL, is it Heineke? Is it Ritter? I have no idea who it's Ritter. going to be at that time. Um, right. But, you know, it's it, these are winnable games. And then, like you said, p- potentially Joe Flacco. Like, what are we talking about, bro? What are we talking about? What, what we talking oh, about? No so, way. I think we're in a great position right now, man, to really continue to see this defense develop and grow. We called them the baby monsters of the midways the other day. You know, I don't think they're quite there yet. but. No they are definitely developing into who we want them to be. And I think Montez Sweat was the the bridge gap to getting there because you were missing that X factor. You were missing that pressure that you could desperately bring. And I'm really excited about that moving forward, man
1: hundred percent. And we'll get into more of this in a bit about why I believe the Bears are in a better spot than what most people think they are. I know they're a four and eight team and it's like, how could you think that they're in a good spot? But uh, there's a lot to dissect there. But let's go back to uh, this game a little bit and talk about a few more things. Right. Let's talk about, you know, who got the interceptions. We had uh, TJ Edwards, you know, get one. we had Kyler Gordon get one. I believe did Kyler Gordon get one up. I'm tripping. Where, where what am what am I missing? Was it here? Stevenson? Um, I think no, it was Stevenson didn't didn't play. Sorry, sorry. It was TJ Edwards, Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, and Jaquan Briskers. You had three of your four, you know, primary, secondary guys show out, and then you had TJ Edwards show out. Um, mm-hmm. I want to go back to what you're talking about with Jalen Johnson. Like the conversation needs to be had about Jalen Johnson being a pro bowler year this mm-hmm. year and about being an all-pro. And when you think about you talk about like Jalen Johnson's dropping money. And it's true because he said it yesterday on Parkinson Spiegel on 6-7 score where I work. He said, I'm dropping money out there by missing these pick sixes. Like if he doesn't drop the pick six last week against Detroit or two weeks ago, sorry, against Detroit, you win the game. If he doesn't drop the pick six on Monday night, like you obviously won the game regardless, but it would have been easier and like – those are plays like there's a reason Jeron Bland is in the defensive player of the year conversation because mm. he's taking balls to the end zone. He's winning the Dallas Cowboys games with touchdowns. And that's what Jalen Johnson could be doing. He's not doing it. And that's going to help him or sorry. That's going to hurt him from losing some money in the offseason. But when ultimately when you go into those negotiations, the only two things that matter are accolades, pro bowl, yep. all pro. When you talk about a player's career, when they retire, you don't go back to plays that they dropped. You don't go back to certain statistics like, you know, pass, pass a rating, winning coverage. No, no one looks at that shit. You look at Pro Bowls and you look at All-Pro, right? right. And, and, and you look at Defensive Player of the Year and, and Defensive Player of the Week, right? This is a moment for Jalen Johnson to finally get on the board with one of those accolades. And he is on pace as, as to being one of the best cornerbacks in the MFC. like. Ooh. He is playing at that level, and it'd be so deserving for him to get that honor if he keeps playing this way. His interception, you know, was a duck by Josh Dobbs, but he yes. made the play, got the ball in his hands, and he took it. And obviously, he neutralizes anyone who he's guarding throughout the entirety of the game. So, the Jalen Johnson con, like as it pertains to the Bears, right? right. Because there's a lot of people who think at this point, Jalen Johnson doesn't want to be a bear but it's going to be out of his control. They're slapping that franchise tag on Jalen <laughs> there, Johnson. There is no doubt about it. And they're going to say, hey, like if you don't make the Pro Bowl and All-Pro this year, guess what? We'll slap that franchise tag on you, and you're okay. You're going to make, I think, ten to $12 million. You're okay. You'll be fine, yeah. right? But next year, 2024, you ain't dropping those interceptions. No. You're 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 catching those damn balls. You take it to the crib, and then we'll give you the contract extension you're looking for of twenty twenty five million dollars a year, mm-hmm. deserving of top five cornerback money. So uh mm-hmm. obviously they're going to slap that franchise tag on him. I think. I hope he still gets the extension. I just don't think it's likely. But just the way the secondary has played, like we talked about at the beginning of the year, a lot here on Barry Station podcast, this has the potential to be a top five secondary in the league. We call this crazy, Mike, and we're at that point where they're almost, if not already a top five corner, mm-hmm. uh, secondary in the league.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, I, I want to take it back to what we've already seen in the Ryan polls era. Stats matter. Stats matter a lot to Ryan polls when it comes to re-signing you and extending you to not only a solid contract. This is not a Cole Komet type deal. I mean, I I'm expecting Jalen Johnson to be demanding one of the highest paid corners in history. I mean, that's just, that's just what I think his market is right now. And I think he's He's itching to get close to that. I don't know if he's going to get quite that, but I think he's trying to get close to that. And with that being said, Kev, we, we we had this conversation last year. You and I sat here, not on Bears Nation podcast, but you were on Mike on the mic, and we said, do we keep Roquan Smith? Why not? He's never been an all pro. He's never been a pro bowler. It mattered. Those statistics mattered. And the yep, second yep, yep. he gets paid by the Ravens, Hey, man, this man looking like Ray Lewis out here. I mean, he's absolutely falling <laughs> out. So when when I heard the rumors that they were shopping Jalen Johnson, I know that that's just, you know, the same thing we saw with Jonathan Taylor and the same thing we've seen with so many others. That's just a, hey, man, we'll we'll, we'll see. Like we'll, we'll check it out for you. And if, if you get anything, we'll let you know, you know, but at the end of the day, I think Jalen Johnson wants to be a Chicago bear. I think that's no secret. All I right. think the Chicago bears want Jalen Johnson. Um, I think the only conversation, and especially myself playing in the secondary my whole life, you know, you, you look at what somebody is good at. You look at their strengths, love a guy like Trevon Diggs, but the reality of the situation is my man, if you have no targets on the day, I'm 10 times more impressed than the guy who's getting burnt half the time. in I mean, we, we look at, we look at what happened the other night, even in primetime, shout out primetime once again, uh, in our flag football game and, you know, Kev's locking it down. I call it Lapka Lake. Kev's doing <laughs> his thing, man. I mean, I had a guy even say that he shouldn't be playing. He should be playing real football. And, you know, it's, it's one of those conversations though, for the rest of the night, Kev's job was relatively easy because nobody was throwing his way. And mm-hmm. that is a positive. That shows you exactly what you need out of your number one corner. The guys are not targeting you if Jalen Ramsey's covering you. J- Prime Jalen Ramsey. And, and even today, you know, and, and you have these conversations about, you know, who you need to have on this roster. Kyler Gordon, I love Kyler Gordon. Tyreek Stevenson, he's, he's growing on me a, a lot. Right? A and I love what we're seeing. But them alone, Kevin. What are they going to be without a Jalen Johnson there? That's the question. And I don't want to have that conversation yet. I want them to continue to be mentored by him. I want them to continue to grow and develop with him alongside them. And I think he is the cornerstone piece to this defense that you look at a Kyle Fuller, you look at what others have been able to do, a Charles Peanut Tillman, a Tim Jennings. We need somebody on this defense that has been there through the bad times. You can't just have a bunch of nobodies. You can't just have a bunch of guys who want to come on the team because, hey, man, Chicago's back. The Bears are back. No, man, we need a Justin Fields who remembers the bad days. We need a Jalen Johnson who remembers the bad days. It, it means everything. So I'm excited about it.
1: Yeah, and I want to address this comment here, NanoCBD, in the chat on YouTube, the GM cannot pay everyone. I thought, thought, thought it's a business. Uh, he, I mean, he doesn't. and that that. So that's the pro, That's almost what we've been critical of with, right. with Ryan Poles is – he hasn't paid the people deserving of it, and that's why when they s- traded for Montez Sweat, people just simply weren't confident they signed him to an extension. People were so worried about that trade for yep. Sweat because they thought that he wa- that Ryan Poles was incapable of negotiating long term contracts yep. with you know talented players. Luckily, they do lock in Montez Sweat, um, but like you look at the best teams around the league, they lock up their good players long term. Mm-hmm. They lock up their young players long term. There's no franchise that's successful year over year without doing that. It's a very rare thing to do. You look at a team that is a really good example of this, and they haven't won a Super Bowl, but they're doing it right now, and they're proving it to be successful. The Miami Dolphins, man, they're just trading for everyone and signing everyone to contract extensions. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Ramsey. um, They traded for – there was another edge rusher, I believe, that they traded for uh, Bradley Chubb what's the other one right like they're just bringing in guys and paying them and at some point like you have to get to a place where you're all in financially and it it could hurt you in the long run there's there's ways to be smart about it i'm not saying you have to be the los angeles Rams from 2021 and go all in and then hey you're fucked now you won super bowl congrats but all your guys are That's on appreciating right. contracts, yeah, and then and then you're screwed the next five years, and they're still playing at an okay. They actually might right. make the playoffs this year, in my opinion. Um, at five and six, still got a shot, but they're not going to win the Super Bowl, right? Like, I'm not saying sell out, right? But you can't. You have to, and I think Ryan Poles in his first couple of years, the GM is cautious, right? He doesn't want to make the wrong decision of paying the wrong guy a significant mm-hmm. amount of money, but there's enough data. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just, he just passed, Jalen Johnson passes the eye test. And from a financial aspect, he's deserving of that money. And it's not like they don't have it, nano CBD. They right. still have top 10 cap space in the league next year. They can afford it, but they don't have to. That's why I say slap the franchise tag on them, pay other people, and then you can restructure contracts. There's guys that you can cut for money next year and then you can sign Jalen Johnson that long term contract next year.
0: So well, here's here's what I want to ask you right here, really quick, because I know we're gonna move to the next topic, but to to capitalize on that and really explain like, man, first of all, we have the money. The money is still there. Even if you don't look at the free agents, the money is there. But I want to name a couple guys that you could look at and say, if Jalen Johnson, you know, standing at the edge of a cliff, gun to his head saying, I need to get paid today. And I look at the free agents of 2024, I'm going to name the first one first and foremost, because you know, I hate Glassman. Lucas Patrick is the first one. Bye. So long. Thank you for robbing me the last two years. That's perfectly fine. You can go. Then you look at other guys, Foreman. We know that's not a long time deal. And then you see the big ones for me, Kevin, Darnell Mooney and St. Brown. We're in a position right now, Tyler Scott, DJ Moore, potentially Marvin Harrison Jr. Correct. If you see, okay, am I paying Darnell Mooney or Jalen Johnson? And then you have the number one overall pick and Marvin Harrison Jr. is that conversation. I think you're looking at that, Kevin. I think you're saying, listen, man, I, I think you have to pay Jalen and draft Marvin. And I'm confident with Tyler Scott in the slot, DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison Jr. on the other side. I, I think that's that for me, especially from what we've seen from Mooney the last year and a half, I think you have to look at Jalen Johnson and say the consistency is there. And the best ability mm-hmm. is availability. And you have to understand that Jalen Johnson has been nothing short of a a one bona fide stud, and I think sometimes you just have to cut your losses with fan favorites. I see Joshua in the comments; they will keep Mooney um, or let him go, and I, and I think you have to let him go, unfortunately, you have to. You because have to. of the situation with Marvin Harrison Jr.
1: You have to. He's not a wide receiver two right now, man, and and I was like, this is aging poorly for me because I was coming off last year saying, look, Mooney had a one thousand yard receiving season in two thousand twenty one, and I thought, and hey, that's he not could, your fault though. To your point, no, it's really not. I mean, I thought he could blossom into that role, and it's like this guy still has talent. I just don't think that they're prioritizing getting him the ball on offense. What you know, for whatever reason, like yeah. he's they're asking him to block, and he's you know, he weighs less than I do. Like it's, it, I don't, I don't like you don't ask Tartum to block consistently. A so we'll block. Uh, on a bad angle, we'll block. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, not the move. All right, let's, uh, let's transition here to, quarterback talk it's inevitable every episode of this Mm -hmm. podcast and every bears podcast right you got to do it justin fields we kind of talked about his performance earlier not great necessarily but he goes and he gets the win he does the game winning drive for the third time in his career obviously that's a uh, uh, that's something that he has struggled with he did it went on the field 36 yard strike to dj Moore to get them into the field goal position 10 seconds to go carol santos knocks in the field goal um to start this conversation because Again, I work in Chicago sports radio hear it all day, all day, every day. Um, the topic has really been draft field or draft quarterback, keep fields like that. That's been the only thing people care about this Do week. It um, it's been the only thing people care about for a while, but especially the past couple of weeks when we know that this is the evaluation period and whatnot. Here's what's indicative to me, likely of what, wo- of how the organization feels about Justin Fields. Okay. Because people don't know how Ryan Poules feels about them. They don't know if they're all in. We see the video of, of him hugging Justin Fields, Ryan Poules, that is. And we see, you know, Iberflues hugging him. We're like, oh, maybe they love him. Uh, but then, oh, they don't they don't call plays for him down the field. Maybe they hate him because they don't trust him. Like, nobody knows how mm-hmm. the organization feels about him and how the football people in the organization feel about him. Um, there's a lot of people, Mike, Joe Schmo, armchair GMs, guys on Twitter, like like randos who want to voice their opinion. And we we could fall in that category don't like we, we could fall in that category don't get me wrong but it's it's, it's all these people are like yeah, yeah you know yeah you get this just a field guy he doesn't know how to win start Tyson beer you know you know this guy he can't do it in Chicago yeah. he he falls under the pressure and all this and all that and they're out on him already and they're done they don't watch the games they don't evaluate it but we have guys at six seven score like Chase Daniel former quarterback for the Bears and 14 year NFL veteran Kurt Warner Super Bowl MVP um, you know, NFL MVP, two-time NFL MVP, right? You you got guys nationally, Dan Orlovsky, Keyshawn Johnson, Lewis Riddick, Ryan Clark, and all of these guys, the smartest football people in the world, the guys who have played in the league, every single one of them looks, uh, aside from a couple guys who are out there to make a narrative, look at the situation and say, you would be stupid to move on from Justin Fields. They watch the tape. They go through every single play because it's their jobs. And the educated guys around the league nationally look at this and say, it's way too logical to keep Justin Fields. Everything that we've seen, at least on Monday night and you know the years prior, it's not his fault. Sure, he's made mistakes, but he is a part of an offense right now that still isn't recognizing his strengths, that still isn't tailoring to his strengths. Not one, maybe one deep ball on Monday night. And we still will all have to remember that coming out of college, Justin Fields was rated as one of the best throwers of the deep ball in college football history, history, and they're still not going to it. So it's not a coincidence, Mike, that all the most educated people, Chase Daniel, Kurt Warner, Darren Olowski, all these people can recognize that, hey, Justin Fields can be a top 10 quarterback in the league. It's obvious. Everybody knows it. And if you listen to the most educated people, then you have to imagine that the people in the Bears organization are educated enough to also understand that. And that's the theme. And everyone wants to talk about like the risk. The risk associated, like, and this is what I talk about, Mike. Yeah. The risk associated with drafting Caleb Williams to Drake May <laughs> at this moment in time on November 30th is far greater than the risk associated with Justin Fields. We know Justin, we know what he's capable of, and we also know the ceiling. This isn't a situation where Justin Fields, we know, can be competent enough, right? And, oh, maybe, you know, we, we, he could be competent enough. No, Justin Fields can be great. We know that. You don't know if Caleb Williams or Drake May can be great. Sure, their ceiling could be whatever you think it is, but the risk is still there. And people are like, oh, you know what? You, you just got to take the chance because yeah. we don't – you just got to take the chance. And they say, hey, look, it's a bad look. If you draft Caleb Williams or Drake May – and one of those players turns into be a good player in the league. But what, they, what, what people fail to acknowledge is it's an even worse look for the organization if Justin Fields the following year were to go to the Atlanta Falcons and win the Super Bowl or be a, an All-Pro or a Pro Bowler. It's a worse look for you. So those mm-hmm. are the things that Ryan Poles has to consider. And I just think, Mike, the educated people around if, – if all of the educated people around the league are saying this about Justin Fields, you know, Brian Baldinger. Doing his tape breakdowns on Twitter. Oh yeah, Justin, look at his throw. Look at this. This, this is the guy. All of these people are saying that he could be something in this league. I I just don't know that the front office will have the balls, and they shouldn't have the balls to move on from that at the end of the year. So that's the start of this conversation, Mike. I'll hand it over to you. I yeah. I, I, I rest in peace.
0: I mean, I speak my
1: peace. I don't rest in peace. I speak. What my else? I got?
0: <laughs> what else? I got. You know what I mean? Like, you hit all the points, but to, to kind of just continue that conversation to. You know, just make the people happy. You know, we have to have these conversations because unfortunately we're in Chicago to where quarterbacks will get the blame. And the second they ride out of here, the Doug Flutis of the world will have success elsewhere. And that's just real. And I think at the end of the day, the conversation we need to start having is what is the problem? I'm you're, you're talking about the hug. And by the way, that was a, that was a deep hug. I mean, that was a tight hug. I'm right. Ryan, Ryan Poles looked happier than I've ever seen Ryan Poles. Now when he hugged flues, I didn't see that same excitement, but when he hugged Justin, I saw it's like, he was hugging a son. I see he was hugging a son. But with that being said, though, what I did see is Ryan Poles in the press box. I saw him in the press box in his suite, whatever he was sitting in. And he said it. I watched this man utter the words on social media same play over and over and over. And he literally went like this as he's watching on his laptop. He understands Luke gets, he's not the guy. He understands Matt Eberflus is not the guy. And you and I have had this conversation before. Whether you agree or disagree listening to this podcast, you don't get hired and two days later hire a head coach. That doesn't happen, especially as a first-time general manager. So, you know, I think you go into this job saying, hey, man, congratulations, you're the general manager of the Chicago Bears. We just need you to pick from one of these three guys, and then you can do whatever you want to do. All right, cool. Picked one. Personally, myself, I was a Jim Caldwell guy, but that's fine. Anyways, with that being said, though, I think with Fields, you have a better opportunity to tell a story. James Morgan told me that the other day, man. He said, let's finish the story. And I want to finish the story with Justin because I've watched this story blossom since he was 15 years old. I watched him in high school. I watched Mm -hmm. him in college. And I've seen what he's been able to do. And for it to just transpire the way it has, it is just in unfathomable to me that we're at this point in time and we're having this legitimate conversation. And I think that's the main problem. And that's really where I'm at with it is I understand what fields isn't good at. I know what he's not good at. It's the same thing every week, everything else. I feel like he has slowly fixed. The only thing is, man, sometimes you just got to know when to say when sometimes you got to know when to just throw that ball away, stop running, stop going, stop holding on, stop fighting for the extra yard, lay down. I, I here and there fine but back-to-back fumbles that was due not to the defense making good plays but due to Justin Fields just trying to extend the ball and I love that from mm-hmm. you but sometimes you just got to know when to say when that's my mm-hmm. only problem the accuracy has shown up the legs pff, come on we know that we already know and everything else has slowly progressed with DJ Moore to a point to where I'm like all right I'm confident with this you know what I'm saying And so I'm, I'm very confident in Justin Fields and I also want to bring up a point it is a statistic, I believe fifty to sixty percent of number one overall pick quarterbacks taken are a failure. Yep. Personally myself, I Good. think Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback in this league in the in college he football. Draft, yeah. I, I think he's going to be the best out of this entire class. And unfortunately, you can't draft him number one overall because that would make you look foolish. But if you take Caleb after what we've seen so far, and you take another UNC Tar heel at quarterback. Talk about the last one that did well, Kevin. <laughs> Let's get another Mitch Trubisky. Oh, yeah, because that'll be fun. Another Sam Howell, because that's better than Justin Fields. I I just think right now the only logical conversation, like I've talked to you about before, that you can make for me is, well, you want a quarterback that's going to be on a rookie deal for the next four to five years. But at the same time, to that point, it's not like Justin Fields drafted 11th overall. It's a number one overall pick who's going to be getting paid a decent amount of money. So I, I don't want to hear that conversation or that narrative either, because Caleb Williams or whoever would be drafted at number one would still be making some good money.
1: Exactly.
0: So I'm I'm with Fields, bro. I, I'm I'm with Fields, and I bring I'm really quick for the clickbait. Um, hey man, uh, I saw what John Harbaugh was able to do with Lamar. Give me Jim. Give me Jim. Yeah. yeah. Call his whoa, brother whoa, John. Whoa. Ask for some pointers. <laughs>
1: We'll get to that, Mike. There's a rumor. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll close the episode with that. Don't you worry, because uh, we saw that rumor last night from Diana Rossini did on the herd. Uh, we'll we'll run that in a bit. But I want to conclude this conversation here with Justin Fields. I, I I think a critical thing is like, good teams. Have a good organization. Get a front offices. Uh, sorry, by the way, for people listening, I'm sick as hell, and I'm sure you've hear, heard this the past thirty five minutes of this episode. I'm sick as hell, so I'm, it was I'm, that I'm game. all. Uh, it, was it was that, that game. game. We played outside in literal like seven degree weather at the lakefront, so it kind of kind of got me down bad. But um, the thing that good front offices do is they have a recognition of their locker room. Good recognition of their locker room, right? When you think about the best organizations, they have a good sense of the locker room. They know what the players want, and they tailor to that. That's what good teams do. And when you look at the Bears locker room, every single player in that locker room, like, would take a hit for Justin Fields. Every single player in that locker room loves Justin Fields. They know the work he puts in. They know the time he spends watching tape. They know he is, you know, a brother to them, and. He grinds and works his ass off and puts his body on the line every single game, right? Like he doesn't ever mail it in. He's always going 100%. And you hear when he goes to the post game press conference, or not post game press conference, sorry, the locker room meeting that we all saw on social media. He says, you know, my bad guys, like I appreciate y'all, like, you know, holding up for me on the defense. And they all immediately, interject and say no we appreciate you man like we appreciate yeah. you and at the end of the clip uh donna i think in hyper says you know I, I i love you Justin Fields, or, or something funny like that um right like is that is that cole beasley thing is it, yeah exactly like every single one of these guys would ride for justin fields right and you know what mike a majority of these guys on this team especially on defense are on multiple year contracts yep. these guys aren't going anywhere do you know what you're going to do to that locker room if you move on from him and right. you start with Caleb Williams, who might be a little bit of a diva, uh, or, or you bring in Drake Mayer, whoever it may be, and they're not the same. And the moment they start to struggle, that whole entire locker room is going to start to turn on the organization and say, man, you, you had a guy here that we liked. You had Justin Fields, yep. who we know is capable. You moved on from him and you brought in this guy. Right, Reminds you of, like, um,
0: remind you of what, what happened with the Eagles when you move on from Nick Foles. Everybody loved mm-hmm. Nick Foles. And then you bring back Carson Wentz, and it's like a whole weird dynamic. And it, it, it's it's demoralizing, honestly, man. It, it really is. And to that point you made, though, I love the sideline Justin Fields moment when Jalen Johnson almost oh. got that pick six. And that's a teammate. And w- from what we've heard, this is, all, this is all speculation. This is all rumors. I don't know the kid personally. I'm not in the room in the media, so I don't know. But I've heard Caleb Williams could give a – part of my language could give a fuck about his teammates or mm-hmm. care about what his teammates have to do or what they have to do to win. He He's checked out. He's been checked out, and that's not somebody I want in a part of this organization, especially oh, in this – You make a good city. point. You make a good point.
1: I'll tell, tell you why. Like, I, don't, I don't know enough about Caleb Williams to say that that's um, true. I, I, I don't know. But you talk about – when you said checked out, and that, and that, hit, that, that, that hit me because – that USC defense, yeah. it, it was terrible. Like, Caleb's doing everything he can out there. USC defense is laying him down. But guess what? Justin Fields dealt with the same thing, right? A he has every reason in the world to be frustrated because if he wins eight games last year, we're mm-hmm. not talking about this. And no. guess what? If the defense, I think, averaged opponent points per game of 23, the Bears mm-hmm. would have won like seven or eight games last year. Yep. Like, he has every reason in the world to be checked out and not trust his teammates and be frustrated by the fact that he's putting his body in the line and doing everything he can and his teammates around him, at least last year, it hasn't been the case this year, weren't up to the challenge and weren't helping him out on the defensive side of the ball. And even on the offensive side of the ball, right? We was talking to me a St. Brown drop pass. We saw John Mooney drop, give a million passes. But guess he always takes responsibility and he's the only guy with a, a major voice in the organization that takes responsibility. Matt Eberflus rarely takes responsibility. He rarely does. And, I just think that's a crit. Like we know Justin Fields has high character, but when you talk about, relationships in the locker room. You talk about guys who can sustain in this league and deal with adversity and live in a space in the NFL where it's really hard to be successful for a long time, because especially in the media market, like Chicago, uh, where people are killing you, and braiding you. And he's been so professional through it all. And in the, the biggest moments where he could have just checked out, he hasn't done that. So that is that, that just came to mind there. When you're talking about some of the traits uh, between fields and maybe the rookie quarterbacks in this class. And that's why you, you just can't give up on a guy like this. And I just, I just think both of the quarterbacks and, and a couple of the quarterbacks in the draft are ha, have big catastrophic failure potential, and, yeah. and and there's no surefire home run. If Trevor Lawrence was the prospect in the draft this year, That's maybe true. you 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 probably are considering that more. But like, if you take Justin Fields from 2021, I know Trey Lance and Zach Wilson got drafted ahead of him. I still think Fields would be a better prospect this year than Caleb yeah. Williams and Drake May. Like, I think And, and we, we could do this conversation all day, right? But it's just it, – it it's a no-brainer right now. And I know he still has five games to so still play well. But at this moment, November 30th, it's a
0: no-effing-brainer,
1: right. all right? It's a point, no-brainer.
0: Five games does not dictate to me what I've seen from Caleb Williams his entire college tenure. Like I, I right. just – you are a man – amongst monsters that's what I call them especially in Chicago you are a man amongst monsters we're talking about Lance Briggs we're talking Brian Erlocker, we're talking Peanut Tillman Khalil Mack Hakeem Hicks those are the guys you need to win over in this ball club right now you got Tremaine Edmonds Jalen Johnson Eddie Jackson Jaquan Brisker Montez Sweat all these other dogs you need to win them over don't don't come in here with already making $50 million in a Chick-fil-A commercial talking about <laughs> what you're going to be able to do and what you're going to contribute to this team. Justin Fields came in here after not having NIL deals, after not being a huge part of so many different sponsorships, and he worked for what he had. So I, I, I love that about him. And I know I'm not trying to just slander Caleb Williams' name, but I have to go off of what you've shown me, big dog. And Justin Fields, to me, is a man amongst men He's just a, a man amongst boys, in my personal opinion, when you look at a guy like Caleb Williams. So, I mean, I, I don't see
1: it. No, I, I, I really just don't see it either. And, you know, and the other thing people aren't talking about is, like, what good organizations do, too, is, like, you don't, like, it, this doesn't mean you have to just be satisfied with Justin Fields. What you can do, do a lot of you things. can keep Justin Fields, right, and then – you can draft a quarterback in the fourth or fifth round. No, nothing nothing. you from Jane doing Jaden Daniels there's sure. a bunch of guys. Because at that point, you can take the risk. You can mm-hmm. take a risk on Rattler. Jaden Daniels won't follow the fourth round. He'll be a late first no, driver, a round here probably. But, like, you can wait to, like, look at the quarterbacks that are on the league right now. Right. Brock Purdy, top five, man, not top five, top ten quarterback in the league right mm-hmm. now, Mr. Irrelevant. Right. Dak Prescott, right? They had Tony Romo. They took a shot on this Dak Prescott guy in case Tony Romo got hurt fourth-rounder guy. Um, Jalen Hurts wasn't a first-rounder. Second-rounder wasn't a first-rounder, right? Like, you look around the league, there's consistent situations of this where the guys in the mid-rounds or late rounds have been just as good as the guys in the first round and the second round. Like, I think that's what they should do and will do. Is well,
0: I, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. My bad. I I, I disagree with you. I I don't oh, think. Oh, let's have, go. I don't think let's you go. have one. So you don't have to. The, but, but here's the thing. To, here's, here's the reason. Luxury. No, because don't don't
1: say it, Mike. Don't say it. Because you if you say, say it, it, it's because you got Tyson Bajan in the bag. I'm gonna say. It. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say say kill you. here's no, here's my God. thing. Here's
0: my thing. I have reasons to why I'm saying it. Because, listen, if you're at least Ryan Polis and at least in this draft class, if I'm wrong and the next Tom Brady falls in the fourth or fifth round, strike me down. I'm sorry. But with that being said, I I don't see a quarterback falling that late. Spencer Rattler, maybe. And I, I mean, come on. He hasn't been the same since he came into college. But. With that being said, you have Tyson. And and we've seen things from Tyson. We've seen him be able to have somewhat production as a backup quarterback, Kevin. I think you already have your answer as a young guy who maybe has a little bit of upside that you can you could look at moving forward. If you take a quarterback in the fourth round, you're still not telling me you're bought in on Justin Fields. And that's the problem. If you want to still rock out with Tyson, who was undrafted, fine. I think he's deserved that to be a backup quarterback to Justin Fields. I think they have a great relationship. I think they're great together. I think at the end of the day, if you're not taking one in the first round, you're not taking one at all because you're not wasting a pick. At least to me.
1: But the the thing you have, the luxury you have now is like, the Bears don't have that many holes to fill. I mean, yeah, you want to use all your picks, but I got to look at their draft cap, but I think they have multiple – Mid round picks at some point. I, I just um,
0: personally, I think you have a lot of holes to fill because you of don't. what of, holes you have to fill, Mike. You have no I holes have to fill on defense. Damn near the entire offensive line outside of. Texas oh, Jones stop it. Stop right. it. I'm, I'm so, real. I'm the so damn, real. Damn
1: near the entire offensive line, Mike. I like, I this like offensive right? line is one piece away. No. One, this offensive line is one piece away. No. One. No. One.
0: No. They're a center away. They've been playing great football the past couple of weeks. Because Here's why. Here's why I'll break it down, right? My personal opinion they lack so much depth and that is the problem with this with this entire offensive line lucas patrick goes down tevin jenkins goes down cody whitehair goes down and they're lost you know what i mean they they have so many things going on so i think you you definitely need to use multiple picks on this offensive line i believe cody whitehair will probably be cut or just probably something's gonna happen with cody i I don't think he's going to be a chicago bear moving forward lucas patrick will be gone there's a lot of needs uh i'm not sold on braxton jones but he's improving from what we saw in the beginning of the year i just think Outside of Wright and Jenkins, there's not somebody who's on this roster right now on the offensive line that I would say is going to be here five years Braxton now. Jones.
1: Braxton Jones. Braxton Jones,
0: maybe. Maybe. A lot of penalties yeah. on Braxton Jones.
1: Yeah, but, you know, you, 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 you'll you take what you can get out of Braxton Jones, who right. was... but if from, I have
0: a bunch of draft picks, I'm going to try to improve. Sure, I
1: don't... Yeah, but, like... I don't. I don't think it's that. I don't. I don't think you need to improve. He's been good. He's been good. Um, uh, here's the draft picks for the Bears in 2024: two first rounders, obviously, a third rounder, two fourth rounders, and a fifth rounder. I don't have a problem taking taking. Sweat a QB was with the a second rounder, rounder, right? Round uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't have a problem taking a QB to one of the first round, fourth round picks. No problem at all. I I, I really don't. Look, Mike. The, the the what you're doing in that case, okay, is right. you have a fail safe at that point for your franchise QB, right? Okay. That that's a fail safe.
0: Tyson Beijing is not a fr- He's not he, it's it's out of the realm of possibility. Right. Tyson no, Beijing will not be a
1: franchise quarterback. It, you it
0: know is 100 percent clear he is not a franchise quarterback. Exactly. So but I also think if you're trying to win, right? Like look at here's here's my thing. When you look at what happened last season, you know, GBO, baby. I'm i coming into an Ohio stop State it, podcast, Bo, and I'm talking it. Go Vols, baby. But stop you look it. at what they did and what they were able to do. You look at the Detroit Lions who took a quarterback later on, and it's like, all to right. Well, and Hooker? They took Hennon Hooker. Right. And And it was one of those conversations where it's like, all right, well, that makes sense because everything else is already complete. Everything else is fine. Their offensive line looks great. Their defense looks great. You know, they they addressed all the offensive issues. You have Jared Goff. So you have the luxury to be able to do something like that. For the Chicago Bears, I still don't think Eddie Jackson is going to be a long-term solution. I don't think anybody does. You know, I still think there's a couple guys that you need to address. Hey, if we're not re-signing Jalen Johnson, you need another corner. Oh, That's the, just yeah, real. they're re-signing. You know what I mean, though. Like you have yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. you have to think that way. And, and I think when you look at Darnell Mooney and you look at all these other situations with the offensive line, the run game, there's so many different questions. And, and I think that's really what it is. Defense. The defense isn't great right now for Detroit, but it was shut up to have. We no one thought that. Everyone thought this defense was going to be solid. So I, I truly think there's more holes than we think. It's just not. it's not a a bad thing. You know what I mean? There's just holes I would like to be filled that take you from being a good team to a great team. Yeah. I mean,
1: I... I, I, uh, But you have to remember, right? We talked about the money. They're going to fill some of those holes in free agency, which is why, like, draft conversations always become easier after free agency and after you figure out you know what they've done like after free agency we kind of knew the bears would draft a a, a tackle because they didn't they didn't sign mclinchy didn't sign anybody else and and here's the thing about ryan poles when you talk about hey drafting offensive linemen well the i don't hate that take is that ryan poles has a proven ability to draft offensive linemen i mean i mean he he he, he, like Darnell wright is a home run right now like that guy is fucking good uh yeah, there you go. I'll give you that one. Uh Braxton Jones is is fine, right? Like, yeah. like he's done a good job drafting offensive linemen. Uh what he hasn't been done a good job at is drafting wide receiver. But guess what? You don't have to worry about that if you draft Marlon Harrison Jr. Because that guy yeah. is fucking unbelievable, trust me. Um, and that's what I think they should obviously do. Uh Mike, we'll talk about a couple more things before we head out of here. Um, let's talk about this report from mm-hmm. Diana Rossini uh, yesterday on the herd. According to Diana Rossini. The Bears have had discussions about potentially bringing in Jim Harbaugh, coach of the Michigan Wolverines. I say that. It's so hard for me to say. Uh, it, would be, it would be tough for me morally uh, to accept that the, a former Michigan head coach would be coach of the Bears. Is, but- that,
0: is that tougher for you or Justin Fields?
1: Nah, Justin doesn't give a fuck. He he dominated that man in college. He dominated Jim. If anything, it's tougher for Jim because he doesn't want to go play the guy that almost you know ruined his career. I mean, the, the whole thing for Jim for so many years was uh, you're a great coach, but you can't beat Ohio State. And now he's he's, going, uh, he's gonna uh, give you know.
0: he's gonna give Justin the play call. Justin's gonna be like. Are you sure about that? Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> sure
1: about that. I don't know. What happened in 2020, 2021? we beat your ass in the game. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that that would actually be a really really funny dynamic, and they would totally like they would totally like bond over that in like a funny 100%. way. You know, it's like if you, Mike, like I have a feeling that you're gonna like marry a Packers fan, right? And and like you oh. and your wife are just gonna bond over that to be like a funny thing in your relationship, and it's gonna be great. And you guys, they're gonna be, gonna be like, like, "How's your so
0: wife?" I'm gonna be like, yeah. "I hate her." I hate yeah, I see, much. but it's
1: like funny, but it's like and, and like and like it's cute and like. Like that's the kind of, that's the thing that's going to happen with, with just, yeah, yeah, yeah. but no. So talk about this report. This is like a, uh, this is, we, Diana Rossini, ah, it's she's it's not it's Ian Ramport. She's not right. Adam Schefter, but she might be connected and rather, regardless of whether she's connected or not, like this is a thing that we've talked about for years. This yep. isn't just a 2023 thing. This not has it. been any time the bears fire head coach. Oh, they're gonna be two be years Bear ago, Harbaugh. we had this conversation. Right. Two years ago we had this conversation. And I think just at that point in time, he had unfinished business with Michigan. Mm-hmm. And I think he's gonna realize this year, uh, if they don't win the national championship this year, they ain't never winning it. Like, like mm-hmm. they've had this is the best team they've had. The number yeah. two team ranked number two ranked team in the country. He loves that school. I think he wants so badly to win a national championship. If he does, I think he'll walk off into the sunset uh and go to the NFL. If he doesn't, I think he'll go to the NFL anyway because he's he's done with Michigan, he's ready to move on. And the connections are real with the Chicago Bears. He likes the organization. We obviously know he played for the organization. All those things we know. The Bears okay. love to bring back people who play for the organization or you know are connected to the organization. They sign all these hometown kids. They trade for all these hometown kids. All these different things. And now the people are coming in the comments about about Jim Harbaugh. They love this conversation. But the bottom line is, I think I I still Ben Johnson still my number one. Don't get me wrong. I think mm. he's going to be great, and everyone aspires to find the next Kyle Shanahan and the next. Uh, and the next Sean McVay, but the the point in time the bears are in, I don't want to say he's the better option, but like, I think when it comes to Justin Fields, and I think when it comes to this entire team, they could benefit from a guy who's been there before they could benefit from a guy who's been in the biggest moments. He knows how to coach NFL teams in the biggest moments, got veterans, rookies in between divas professionals. He knows how to handle all of them. All right. And at some point, and they thought that what they were getting out of Matt Eberflus was sort of that kind of guy who's gonna you know, be disciplined. We're not gonna commit penalties. We're gonna do things the right way. The hits principle. we're gonna get our tracks. On our practice, he hasn't been that guy really. He's 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 the acronyms guy, but it hasn't come to fruition on the field. And Jim Harbaugh has a resume where you know what you're getting out of him. There's no risk associated with it. Like there is for Ben Johnson. Inevitably, you can love Ben Johnson all you want. There's risk associated to it. We thought Matt Nagy was a great hire for what he did in Kansas City. And look what happened. People thought Brian Dable was a great hire from what he did in Buffalo. And look what's happening. Right, right. He's doing an okay doing. job with Tommy DeVito. But, and, and his story is still unwritten. But Jim Harbaugh is a good option as someone who has a NFL resume, who can handle... A lot of the problems around the team when you talk about bringing Justin Fields to a professional standpoint and getting him to a top 10 uh, a top ten player and a guy who can control his whole narrative and all of this stuff. And I just think he's not I'm, – I'm trying so hard to say he's not my number one guy, but it seems like the right choice. It seems like the most logical choice for him, and I think it's going to happen, Mike. Like also, I think I'm just going to say right now, on November 30th. I think Jim Harbaugh is going to be the next coach of the Chicago Bears. I, 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 I really do.
0: I'm with you. Uh, I completely agree. And honestly, I'm going to disagree. I think over the last few nights, I've sat and I've thought, is he my number one guy? And I think I have convinced myself that he is. And I think I have so many different reasons for that. First and foremost, a guy who's been in the NFL before and a winning record that. Not only quadruples Matt Eberflus, but I mean it's just so much more impressive when you look at the thirteen and three season, forty nine twenty two and one record in the NFL as a head coach. Uh, you look at him and what he means to the Chicago Bears. Now Ryan Poles as a Chicago Bear, not so good. You know what I mean? Not so good. Yeah, he's a practice squad, training camp guy. Jim Harbaugh was a quarterback for the Chicago fucking Bears. Who well, he understands was not good he wasn't good, but who understands was, the yeah. pressure uh-huh. more than that? After the Jim McMahon era, after the 85 Bears, where the pressure was the hottest. We're now, nowadays, it's been so long, no one really cares that much. But back then, hey, man, you better come in here and you better whoop that trick. Uh, let's be real. Like you got to come in here and you got to handle business. And I think you look at what Jim was able to do with a Colin Kaepernick. A guy who's similar in Justin Fields in certain atmospheres, similar in in how strong his arm is and his his running ability. I think you look at that and you say, I've seen you have success in the NFL. I've seen you get to the dance. I've seen you to the NFC Championship. That's why you play against your brother in the Super Bowl. And I think one of the biggest things we need right now is a guy who has been there. I love Ben Johnson. I think he's great. But again, we've had that conversation about Dable and about Nagy and about Bienemy and so many others. You know, what's it going to look like when you're in charge? And, and I don't know that answer. I don't know that answer. I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, you know, we, we, we hope it's going to be successful, but at the end of the day, I don't know. But with Jim, you know, he didn't leave the NFL because he couldn't handle it. He left because the money in Michigan was crazy. I mean, that man was living. So I think, like I mentioned earlier, I made a little joke. Hey, call John. Call your brother. Ask him what it's been like coaching Lamar Jackson. And I think you win your way back into Chicago's heart, man. I mean, obviously, you, you didn't get it done as a quarterback. So now make sure Justin gets it done as a quarterback and be a great head coach and a great mentor. I think that's really where I'm at with it. Um, I think it would be a great hire. I, I was in on him or Jim Caldwell back in 2021. Uh, that's really where I was at in the matine- towards the end of the Matt Nagy era. Um, and that's really kind of still where I sit today. Is Instead of Jim Caldwell, I'm going with another line, and that's Ben Johnson. So either of those two perfectly fine as long as it's not another defensive coordinator kevin i think you and i would sleep easy
1: yeah no 100 and i think people the thing that people don't understand is like the bears have made bad decisions at the coaching yeah at, at a head coach for you know the entirety since lovey smith like we know this um but they've had the op they just made the wrong decision they've brought in bruce arians and they didn't hire him you know they 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 brought in other guys and just they picked the wrong guy and I think that has led to people believing that coaches don't want to coach for the bears. They're declining interviews with that. That's not the case. The Chicago bears are always going to get the pick of the litter. At head coach. You're talking about a charter franchise with, you know, significant money at, at, at you're getting paid with the, the contract of being the coach of the bears. You get to coach for this city, this third biggest football market, probably second biggest football market in the country. Cause Los Angeles doesn't really, you know, a football market with the Rams and the chargers. Like any coach would want that. And sure, they're aware of the pressure associated with that. But money talks, baby. And all right. that talks. And hey, if you could be the guy who brings this city a championship, you're a fucking hero. Like- Even if you go 0-17 the next year, it doesn't fucking matter. You're a mm-hmm. hero. Pardon my French. We're going off now. But they're going to get to pick the litter. Jim Harbaugh has every reason to want to coach the Bears. He's not going to choose the pa- – like I think the other team rumored in the Rossini report was the Panthers. He's not choosing the goddamn Panthers. No. Are you stupid? The Chicago Bears, the team he played for in the Chicago Marketers, the Carolina Panthers in a city if, where no one gives a shit. If no they had CJ Strout sure. But they know, yeah. but you know what I yeah, mean? And, and, and I think Bryce Young can still be fine, but like I do too. Justin Fields or Bryce Young, Chicago or Carolina, yeah. right? Like uh, a fan base that cares or a fan base that doesn't really care. And I, I, I'm not gonna say the Carolina fan base. Keep pounding. But, but like it. like keep out. Yeah, no. Jim Harbaugh is, is going to make this very easy for himself and say, look, I'm either going to return to Michigan, I'm going to retire as a head coach, or I'm going to go to the Chicago Bears. Those yeah. are the only three options for him. He ain't going to Carolina. He ain't going to Atlanta. He ain't going to any of these other places. It's the Bears or buzz for him, and that's just the way it's going to be. And as far as TBG in the chest, that threw up a low when you compared Fields to Colin. I mean, they're they're very comparable as a player. I mean, I, I don't yeah. see what's wrong with that comparison. Yeah, uh I mean, Nano CBD that
0: comparison is strictly, just to make the record clear, it's strictly based off of, their talent skill and and what they're able to do. You know, Fields has the deep ball ability. You know, we saw what he, what Colin Kaepernick was actually able to do with his legs that not a lot of people talk about because it's just, you know, so many other things have happened since then in the Colin Kaepernick era. and, And it just, I think it gets ignored his actual talent on this organization with the San Francisco 49ers. And, I mean, I, I don't think it's too far off. I think Justin's a better athlete by far, but, you know, I think there's similarities when you look at what Jim Harbaugh would have to do. I don't think he's going to have to completely change his play style. Cause he's had a quarterback like this before.
1: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I agree with that. And, and Joshua ring makes a, makes a great point about if they hire Jim, who does he bring in? I'm I'm not sure. I have to remember the coordinators in San Francisco at the time. I was saying he'd hired the same coordinators, but I gotta remember the guys like in that uh, tree. Um, I-
0: I know, oh. I
1: know a guy who used to coach in San okay. Francisco. Mike, uh, no, let me stop. No, stop it, bro. Stop. Let, me stop. Stop it. let me stop Let me stop. Stop it. No. Um. Yeah. And, and Daniel CBD makes an interesting point. He wasn't making four million dollars a year. Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that, Daniel CBD? I don't Where? know. Michigan got that Jordan money. They don't. I think they're paying Harvard way more than four million dollars per year. The 2020 season was the COVID season. They maybe had. 4 your extension, where his salary is roughly four million, I don't think that's true. I'm gonna I'm gonna put Mike on the research team real quick to look that up for me, and then Notorious TBG says, "No, nah, I agree. There, Comps is just bad juju." Yeah, I know. I I, I think you know it, we're talking about the on the field stuff, obviously, and on the field, he's you know very comparable to to Colin Kaepernick, Justin Fields. That is so. Um, again, it, it's not even about that though. It's more about handling a quarterback with the amount of pressure that he's on. And just similar play styles and taking Harbaugh. a young guy who's been through a lot and being able to turn him into a guy who's, you know, lo- no longer, uh, you know, incapable of handling uh, the, the pressure. I, I think obviously Justin Fields is a guy who's up to that challenge, but having a presence like Jim Harbaugh, a professional there who can guide him through that is significant because mm-hmm. we know Matt Ebert isn't that guy. Did you find it for me? What did he make at Michigan?
0: Yeah, so he, he signed a five year, $36.5 million deal and he's roughly making $10 million after. Do the, the- math, Nando CB? Yeah, he's he's roughly making seven million dollars from the team, but with okay. you know enhancements and everything else, he's in compensation. He's making about ten million dollars. Yeah.
1: Well, guess what? He's making more than that with the Chicago Bears. But well, actually, he's probably not making that much more than
0: that. Maybe, maybe not, same ballpark. I feel like yeah,
1: same ballpark, and that and that's why like everyone you know a lot of people talk about the college space nowadays. Uh, it's like as being as lucrative as the NFL, especially if you're like the head coach of the Jaguars or something. But that's a good comparison. Is like. Take Trevor Lawrence, right? He, he he went through hell with Urban Meyer. It was a mess, and they could have hired at that time, you know, Eric Bieniemy or, or I, don't, I don't know whoever the other offensive coordinator options were at that time. They opted Brian to go Dable with the guy, Ryan Table, right? They opted to go with the guy who won the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. who has shown proven leadership to young quarterbacks, has shown leaderships to teams throughout his entirety of his career, and look at them now. They're had the potential to be the number one seed in the AFC. Right. And that's why it's like, sure, the highs are higher with if Ben Johnson turns out to be Sean McVay. Don't get me wrong. But like there's more risk associated with it. I'm fine going with Jim Harbor. And and I'll be like, people are gonna call me flip flopper because I was kind of against this a couple of you know months ago. I was like, I don't know if right. we want to go for Jim Harbor, yada yeah. But at this point, I, I just think with the way the bears have trended the past couple of months, like it, it it's the most obvious choice. So
0: I'm going to ask you this. I'm coming on your show. I'm asking you a question. Kevin, can you afford another first time head coach failure as a Bears fan?
1: You're talking about like if you brought in like a a Ben Johnson or something like that. This would
0: be this would be the third first time head coach that the Bears have hired in a row. Can can you afford to do that
1: again? I mean, I think you can afford to do it because I think you can afford to do it because at some point it's going to work out. It's like the quarterback situation. Like at some point, if you keep you out the quarterback, you're, like, you're going to get the right one. All All right i you going to work out. I, I know we've been saying that, but like. People are also going to say this, like, oh, like, are you going to really do the bring in the old coach again? Because, hey, we right. did that with John Fox, We won a Super Bowl, and look what happened at that point. But the roster just wasn't the same at that time. I think John Fox was kind of washed up as a coach, obviously, but mm-hmm. look at the roster he was dealing with. I mean, he right. he, had, he had nothing to work Kendall with. Kendall Wright rookie, and Jordan you know, Howard,
0: came uh, Yeah, Meredith. Mike
1: Lennon, you know, the <laughs> rookie year Mitch, like, Jay Culler for a year, and like Adam M- C. M- Matt Barkley. Yeah, like, I, I don't know what the hell is going on out there. But I I... Yeah, you, you, it's it, it's tough to justify it after, you know, missing on it a couple of times, even when those prospects that you hired at mm-hmm. offensive or at head coach who were previous offensive quarters looked like they'd be pretty damn good. Um, so I think Ben Joth is a better head coaching prospect than Matt Nagy was. He's obviously a better head coaching prospect yeah. than uh, what Mark Trustman was. So you have to take that in consideration. But I think you take the safe route. And it's not like, again, it's not like you're, t- like it, Jim Harbaugh is not uh, Jim Caldwell. Like no. Jim Caldwell is like, Probably the safe bet, like he'll he'll probably he's mediocre, right? That was his thing in Detroit. Right. He's going eight and eight every year in Matt Stafford, but he's okay. probably not leading you to Super Bowl. You know, Jim Harbaugh has that potential, so it's it's mm-hmm. the safe bet, but it's also uh it's also <coughs> excuse me, there's also a high ceiling associated to him, so he makes way too much sense. um So look, we'll lock it in. I'm locking it in November 30th here, 2023. I think I think Mike and I are both locking it in. We're locking Jim it in. Harbaugh will be the next head coach of the Chicago Bears. Lock it in, baby. Uh, and, and look, and hey, and I know real, real quick, we, we're going on a tan. We're, we're just ranting here. Joshua Rayan says earlier, who does he bring in? I, I got to remember the defense they ran in yeah. San Francisco. Right.
0: You know what defense they ran? I don't. It's so long ago. I don't think it was ago? a 4-3. Uh,
1: was it Tampa 2? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember the coordinators Everybody. were for that team. Oh, oh, yo, this is oh, this is crazy! Wow, guess the off, guess the defensive coordinator of the twenty twelve San Francisco 49ers, and he he was a defense coordinator of the Chicago Bears.
0: Oh man, is this relevant? Is it is it like
1: recent? Recent defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears?
0: It's not Sean DeSai. Um, oh no, God no! Stop no. it! Oh better than that? Couldn't have been Fangio. Yep. It was Fangio?
1: Fangio was the defensive coordinator of the twenty twelve San
0: Francisco Forty Nine ers. Where's he at right now? He's uh.
1: So that's a different defense. Fangio uh, he, he's in Miami.
0: Fangio's in Miami. Yeah, he right. I'm
1: pretty Miami. sure he's in Miami. Yeah, he's in Miami. <laughs> um, no, I'm not saying he's in Miami.
0: What?
1: No, he's not in Miami. But in the offensive coordinator, Greg Roman. How funny mm-hmm. is that? <laughs> uh, don't bring back Greg Roman. I, I don't no, want you to no, I'm cool with that. The, off, the the, Ravens offense looking just fine without him. Uh, but you know, things can change But Vic Fanjo obviously runs a different defense than Matt Eberfluss. Cause I was going to suggest, Hey, you can, I wouldn't mind keeping Matt Eberfluss as defensive coordinator, the way he's running that defense right now. But think, I think if they bring in Jim Harbaugh, it's
0: not going to happen. Do you think as a man, you could, you could do that though. Like, do you think Flues would be okay with that? Oh, I'll take a demotion. Like I, I don't, I uh, couldn't. Yeah. He's not getting a, he's not getting head coach job anywhere else. No, hundred percent. But like, do you, do you think like, c- could you stay there, bro? Because then there's like, it's just such a weird feeling. I feel like when you're not anymore and it's like, yeah. what do you, what do you even say? You know what I mean? Like you can't, you don't have the same pull. It's not your hits ideology. It's not what you want. I I, I, I see no world where he stays as defensive coordinator.
1: Okay. Uh I partially agree with that just because of the point you're making. And when you bring in a new guy, they like to pick their own guys, you know, it's kind of clean house, right? Is the old adage. Right. Uh so I think for that case, yeah, you're probably right. Um, Mike, I'll close with this. Okay. Yes, sir. It's November 30th. The Bears are four and eight. We talked about the potential of running the table. We talked about how, Hey, maybe these next few games might be interesting. If you can get to six and eight, maybe we can have a little fun much in the games in December, because there, know, there's man? a chance that they could get to tonight. Right. Like, let's just have fun here. We have nothing to lose here as Bears fans. Like, let's just have a little fun. But the greater recognition is the majority of this podcast has been about the future of the Bears about 2024, right? New head coach, but you know, same quarterback, right? You know, free agents, Jalen Johnson, all this stuff. and, when you actually take it piece by piece and you look at the Chicago bears, like you should actually feel very good about the future of this team. And we don't talk about it enough because it's been lost in the slog of a season we've been through. But when you look at what's available to them, There is significant potential for this team to be good and be good soon. And the way this defense has played, the way we've seen the offensive line to come together, the way we've seen DJ Moore and his potential to break the single season receiving record and all these different things, there is significant potential, especially because Kevin Warren is there for this team to be good and be good soon. And I think Bears fans need to recognize that because there's so much conversation about this whole thing falling apart. And the Bears being one of the worst organizations in the NFL, and resetting everything, and you got to clean house and restart and start over, and they're so far away, and they're ten players from ten players away. I don't know who the hell said that. God damn, were they wrong about that? But this Bears team, I think, is a lot closer than people think. Objectively, like you, you can look at it from an outside viewpoint. Obviously, we're biased here on Bears Nation Podcasts. What we do, we're Bears fans, but objectively, look at their team objectively look at what's available to them if they do get a head coach like Jim Harbaugh or Ben Johnson there is significant potential excuse me for this team to be good in the future and good next year and I think people need to recognize that Mike I don't know if you agree I'll let you give your final comments on that and then we'll head out of here what do you think
0: Yeah, man it's very short it's very brief the future is coming And it's brighter than ever. And I feel like in every dark tunnel, man, there's a bright light at the end. And and we're we're coming towards it, man. We're getting there. You know, I'm a big believer in X factors. You got to have an X factor. You got to have at least one. I don't believe we have that quite yet. I, I love DJ Moore. I love Justin Fields. I love what they're doing. But you bring in a guy potentially like Marvin Harrison Jr., which almost feels, as of today, almost feels like a lock that we're going to get a guy like him. I mean, his father... Beats us in the Super Bowl in 06. It's only right, Kevin. I'm talking the universe has given us a win. Hey, man, we understand what his father and Peyton Manning did to you. Here's his son. He's better than ever. You know, we're going to be able to get a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. Pair him up with DJ Moore, Matt and Justin Fields, and we're going to have something special. Maybe you bring in, you know, a, a, a Jim Harbaugh. Maybe you bring in a Ben Johnson, someone along those lines, and you have the defensive core that you have now. On top of that, there are free agents that I look at in this free agency period. You know how big of a T. Higgins fan I am. I don't believe that's going to happen if you bring in a guy like Marvin. But there are other great receivers that you can bring in to help mentor Marvin alongside DJ Moore. There are great offensive linemen in this class. I mean, you there. I mean, phenomenal offensive linemen. You want to talk about the quarterbacks? Forget the quarterbacks. Talk about the linemen. Uh, so I think what we're going to see next year, Kevin. Is a completely different Chicago Bears culture, not the hits principle, not that other bullshit part of my language. But I mean, it, we are actually going to have a foundation about winning, not who you are as a person, not who you are. I, I'm tired of sealing Kyler Gordon, get his ass beat on the sideline. I want everybody in that Bears jersey on the sideline rushing. I want everybody hype. I want everybody bought in. I'm excited about it. And man, bro, I think it's just going to be a great time, you know, just like in the Godfather, man. Just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Oh, they pull me back in every time.
1: They're ridiculous. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. We're all in. That's what we do, baby. We're all in. The chat's all in. Joshua Reigns, Notorious, TBD, TBG. Sorry, uh, Nano CBD, Michael Dodson, Thomas Gage. Obviously, I'm Scox here from the jump. We appreciate all you guys being active today. Uh, I don't know when we'll be back. Maybe. Mike and I will do a fun little show. Optimistic Kevin is back. Hey, Optimistic Kevin never left. Joshua, I never left. Actually, I lied. I might have left a couple weeks. I might have left a couple weeks. I might have left a couple weeks. But we're back. We're back. Let's ride. It Um, was the Tyson Bajan era, and he was uh, gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. It it was that era. I was like, hell no, bro. (laughs) They're really gonna make this Justin Field dude the scapegoat. This is crazy. Um, maybe Mike and I will do a fun episode on Monday. Maybe we'll do a mailbag or something. Who knows? Jake's gonna be out for a couple more days. He's in Hawaii celebrating his friend's engagement. But uh, we'll be back for a preview episode. In next Thursday for the game against Detroit Lions. But uh Mike again, appreciate you stepping in, my guy. Obviously an absolute pro as usual. You guys gotta follow my man, uh, Mike. He I mean Mike does like a billion different things. I don't even I couldn't even tell you where to like find his shit. Uh he but he's at the shy kid everywhere if you wanna follow his stuff, huge presence on TikTok, uh real great content. So, Mike, appreciate you joining us, my man. Yeah, it's all love, bro.
0: Man, all love always got
1: All right, Bears Station Podcast signing off. For myself, Kevin Lapka, that's Mike Hughes. We will see you next time. Take care, everybody.